What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Talk Buster podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. We have a very special episode today with a returning guest. And before I get into that, I'd just like to thank my $15 or more patrons. You are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell, Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, Collider. Online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nicky, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Mortiarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott Arcuri, and Shore Hansen Gustead. Thank you all so much for helping me do what I love to do. And this episode is brought to you by Hope because in 2021, it seems like we finally have some. With that, I would like to thank my returning guest, Shamim, Blockbuster's biggest fan a really, really great online fan of me, recent creator of the Talkbuster podcast fan group. Shamim, how have you been, buddy? Uh, I've been good. Um, i just um, been good myself, and i just um, just hanging in there. Yeah, and then I'm just um, pretty much that's with me, and then eight. Yeah, and then my, my son is now two. Two years yeah. old. Wow. Yeah. Gonna be three. Um, yeah, and then pretty much. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the my project and the movie based on the project. And um, finally, we're going to be ending it off with um, the the last blockbuster documentary. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So today, today is the anniversary of comic book the movie. Yeah, yes, it is. Wow. 17 years ago. Can you believe that one? Almost 20-year-old movie. That's crazy. So the thing is, first off, do you remember seeing a copy at your local Blockbuster in that time period? I do. I do. How, um, of, I, how often was it rented, if you remember correctly? 
Um, I, I don't know. It was one of those things. It, it had a very geek following, and we, we were in a geeky area, but it was one of those movies that we just, like, I feel like we got too few copies of it because once once word got around about it, people wanted it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember it being off the shelf a lot. Um, so was it, like, off the shelf as in the, how the last Blockbusters went off the shelf as well? With their movie, is that pretty much the same? You think? Or- um, I think it's. I think it's a different world. I'd say if Comic Book the movie came out right now, I think yeah. Comic Book the movie would be a bigger hit than it was seventeen years ago. Yeah. Um, so, so if we, if Scott and Eric did a sequel, what is hold up? What? Yeah, me and Scott and Tom Kenny were actually talking about Poss. He, he, Tom Kenny would love a sequel for that, and then um, awesome. yeah, and then yeah, and then pretty much um, yeah, pretty much um, Scott Zachron and Eric Miederman, um, the produce, producers, uh, uh, the producers, and the Eric's the script writer for comic book the movie, and um, so the with that yeah, so I saw the movie um. When did that thing come on Netflix? Do you remember? Oh, I am not sure. I, I, I think, think it was after it came out. I think I think it came out. Um, so I think I saw it in what was it, twenty fourteen? First time I saw it actually, and and since then, yeah, I think. So what did you like about the? So first off, did you knew without reading the title of the director, did you know it was Mark Hamill, or after you watched, you find out it was him? It it was after I um I, I didn't know it, it was something like you know I just liked the people involved and I thought it was an interesting idea for a movie, um you know, and uh, you you pick up the box you go this seems like it's something weird and I ended up watching it, I'm like this is a riot, it's just you know. It's just a happy little thing. You were talking about um, um, finding out it was it was more camera after the fact, and and I I first saw it in twenty uh, fourteen of that movie, and um, I found it very very entertaining because uh, what more camera did was he brought his comic book friends. Celebrities, uh, yeah, th- there's like, uh, like cameo appearances by Billy West, which is also the narrator and the music, and he, he played the son Leo, uh, um, the the great grandson of um Jack Whitney, and then uh, basically I just enjoyed um the fact how. Like Tom Kenny was in it, Lauren Allen, Roger Rose, Jess Harnell. Jess Harnell in that movie, my God, that was funny. Oh yeah, yeah. So and then basically that that movie, um, yeah, Donna Rincio, Dewey Irico from Baywatch was in it. Hugh Hefner, uh, Bruce Campbell, um, Matt Matt Groening. Um, Stan Lee, 
out of all the cameos you saw of Stanley, was this the best you've seen of him? I I love earlier Stanley cameos. I liked it when it was obscure when he showed up, like in stuff like this and Mallrats. Um, yeah, yeah. Not and that then, I, I didn't. Yeah. Not that I didn't love the Marvel ones, but those felt like victory laps for me. Yeah. Uh, I. This was way more natural. It was like Stan Lee in his natural habitat. Like they just found yeah. him. So, and then there was like Kevin Smith cameo. Oh my God, Kevin Smith in this. That was very, I think this came out, was this before? So in Kevin Smith films, what was like, I think this was for, for Jersey Girl, wasn't it or something? Yeah, this was right around Jersey Girl. Um, so basically, this was watching this Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith now. Do you think they're exactly the same person or now? Well, I think Kevin Smith's done a lot of growing. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, like appearances from what you saw in, in this film and what you saw in Jane Silent Bob re- reboot. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, he's, he's a different guy. No, no, I mean, is he the same person that y- you, yeah. W- yeah, basically, yeah, basically, um, for Kevin Smith, um, Kevin loved the poster so much that, um, okay, so, what was that, oh, yeah, and then, yeah, basically, my favorite parts are about, um, well, Jess Honell and Billy West were talking together in that scene by the bathroom, do you remember that one? Yep. Yeah, and he was teaching, um, Billy West how to meet girls, and then, the other part I like about Jess Arnaud is him imitating George, and I'm, and I believe it was. So what? Which Beatle was he uh, like impersonating? I think it was John and George. Uh, I think it was George John and, and George. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, um, Jersey Girl was actually 2004. If this uh, was in 2013, that was right in between Red State. No, and no, 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 no. Actually, this was originally released in 2004, January. Of, 17 years ago in January on this day, actually. Right, of course. My brain's shutting off. Don't mind me, Shameen. Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. <laughs> that four, yeah. yes, was Jersey Girl. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, so um, do you think it was after... So this came out before Jersey Girl or after Jersey Girl? I think this came out before. Okay, so this must have been, like, uh, if, if it was 2004, then Kevin Smith would have been working on, I believe, in his... Can- uh, it, it was way after the first Jane Silent Bob. Second was, I believe, was this like, yeah, it, yes, before Clerks 2. And she was probably making Clerks 2 at the time. So, yeah, so that was Clerks 2 when this was. Um, so basically, yeah, and then it was funny. They, oh, yeah, so yeah, and then, um, yeah, it's funny when I met uh, J.A.T. Uh, James Arnold Taylor. He said he was the one who saved the movie. From <laughs> do you do you remember J- uh, James Arnold Taylor in it? He said he was in the scene where um, he was um, um, running with Mark Camo trying to find the right um, uh, uh, panel. Right. Uh, he, yeah. So, uh, and then, and then after that, um, 
Okay, so story on a, on the so I have a poster. Uh, I have a group which you're a part of, which is the Comic Book the Movie Poster Group, which I created based on that poster. So about the poster, so I started that. Um, I bought the poster for about two ninety nine on eBay um, on March of twenty March fourteenth of twenty fourteen, and then uh, my first thought. What I would do was try and get the main cast of this movie, including like um, Mo Camo, Donatio, Erico, Billy West, just uh, Roger Rose, Jess Hornell, Tom Kenny, Lori Allen, and Darren Norris. Um, at at the time, 2014 in March, I knew I missed Mo Camo. I believe he was doing, I don't know what Mark was doing at that moment in 2014. I think it was, what was he doing? Um, hmm. So what was Mark Hammer doing in 2014? Do you remember at all from movie-wise, anything? Um, I mean, he, he's always been doing a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so I thought um, it, it would be easy to get Mark Hammer and, and all the main cast, but I saw... Thought it was then I looked and thought it was hard because at the time when I saw Mark Hamill at um I saw online that Mark Hamill was like at um what was it Fan Dallas he was charging like two hundred fifty dollars for an autograph I said let, let me wait on Mark Hamill and then I went a different route basically I said to myself I'm gonna try to get as many people that worked on was in the movie or a part of the movie in some way on the poster. So basically, um, my first autograph on that poster was Tara Strong, which I'm sure you remember her in the movie uh, in as the hotel maid. Remember that one? Yep. So she was the first autograph on that poster uh, at BabsCon 2014, April... Uh, 18th of 2014. So she was the first one on the poster. But at the time, I, I didn't think of snapping a photo with her and the poster. Now I kind of regret it now because I don't have the photo with her. And the, her. But and then after that, I, I went to um, Big Wow Comic Fest, which is a local, um, well, local, um, a local, um, my friend's local comic book com convention, the small one. So there I got um, uh, um, I got um, what is it? I got um, um, Billy um, Bill Morrison, which I'm sure you know who that is, don't you? Bill Morrison? Yep. Yeah, so he was the second one. Uh, he did the graphic art for the um, Golden Age of uh, Commander Courage. Uh, he did. That's his cont contribute to the film. He signed that um, at Babscon May seventeenth, twenty fourteen. Uh, and then after that, I got Mike Minolia, who's the comic creator of Hellboy. Yes. Uh, he was the uh, third autograph. And then finally, at that show, I got Sergio on it. Sergio. Oh. Oh yes. Uh, the Man Magazine cr creator, uh, writer for Man Magazine. 
he he was in it because he was at San Diego Comic Con in twenty two thousand three where this film was film, filmed. It's funny they took so and then so that ends of twenty uh, May of twenty fourteen and then I went to Phoenix Comic Con, the big Comic Con in Phoenix, uh, May uh, June fourth through the eighth of twenty fourteen. And then that's where the majority of the autographs came from that event. Some notables from that show was um, Richard and Wendy Panini from ElfQuest, um, Walter Emanuel Jones from the Power Rangers, Austin St. John, Adam West twice. Um, uh, the first time I met Stanley was at um, Phoenix Comic Con on the 8th of June, 2014. And Stanley was all ready to ready to sign it, but his handlers Max said no because Stanley was not worthy enough being on that poster. But and then, yeah, and then yeah, with Stanley's handlers, uh, me and my dad went uh, met him for the first time. We stood about. We got there at a super early in the morning, like around um, eight. Around his signing was scheduled for like 11 a.m. Uh, we got there. We were, we were like 15th in line for Stanley. Uh, at that day, I just got Stanley to sign a baseball. Um, and Dad got his comic, Thor comic 169. Uh, that was also signed by Jack Kirby uh, awesome. that day as well. Um, after that, um, in 2014, I went to... Oh, oh yeah, after that I went I got um uh so I met my friend Mike Dorshaw at that convention. He's an, a director. Uh his his directing um credits as um the Mission Impossible fan films, Mission Irreplaceable and Mission Impostor. Uh uh-huh. he he ha- had a, a lot of help w- with that poster. He, um eventually he would be the person who got, finally got Stanley me to meet Stanley. Um, I uh, actually, before I met Stanley, I showed his daughter, JC Lee, uh, the poster. She signed it. Then she told her dad about it. And then she told Max, okay, Stan's going to sign this in the coming up soon. And in 2016, when I met JC Lee, at that time I met JC Lee, she signed, um, the ball her dad signed. So now I have like a father and, father and daughter dual sign baseball. And then after that, in 20, oh, skipped it years, yeah. In 2015, I finally got to meet um, Jim Cummings, which was also in a cameo in Comic Book the Movie. Jim was the um, Dr. Cedric reviewer. <laughs> do you, yeah. Uh, do you, yeah. So he was so thrilled about that poster. I, after I met uh, Jim Cummings, I sent him a photo of it. He said, well done, pal. You're amazing, from Jim Cummings. And then after Jim after Jim Cummings, I met Billy West for the first time. Billy was so impressed about that poster. He signed it, but not including the poster. He signed um, the uh, Space Jam, um, uh, making a Space Jam book for me as well on top of that, no cost. <laughs> so basically... Uh-huh. Billy West said that was the most fun he ever had since his time on Futurama. <laughs> and then oh, so cool. basically after that, 
So, and then after that, I jump into 2016. I met, I got at Phoenix Comic Con again. Phoenix Comic Con, I went in 2016. And then this time, I got um, Jess Harnell. Jess was so thrilled about that poster. He signed his CD for free as well for me and the poster. And he said that was his most fun he's ever had in his entire life voice acting in that movie. Nice. And then after Jess Harnell in 2016, I didn't. Oh, I got um, Kane uh, Hooder. Uh, he was Jason in which Friday uh, the 13th? What Jason was he? Kane Hodder. Oh, he was Jason in the vast majority of them. Um, yes. Yeah, so he signed the poster at no cost. Tony Todd signed at no cost. Awesome. Um, and basically after that in 2017, uh, oh, yeah. And then in 2014, I got the con director, um, Matt Sobook, to like sign off his his con and put the dates of his show where the poster was signed. And then after that, uh, that same day, I met an extra in comic book, the movie. Uh, he's the programming director of Phoenix Comic Con and Phoenix Fan Fest, uh, Joe Boudry. Do you remember this, the final scene where it was Mark Hamill dressed up as Commander Courage? Um, Yep. With um, a Flash and an Aquaman. Yep. Um, Joe Boudry was the Flash behind Mark Hamill. So awesome. Joe Joe was so impressed that he he set up the Jess Harnell poster signing and the Tom Kenny signing. Oh yeah, in 2017, um, my first time at San Diego Comic Con because Mike and I um, were promoting his um, newest film at the time. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, that starred, it's like a Star Trek parody ish um, thing with uh, like Snoop Dogg, uh, with um, um, William Shatner as a, a, a puppet Shatner uh, uh, cook. And um, so at San Diego Comic Con, it, that was my first Comic Con. So at San Diego Comic Con, I had. Um, um, uh, uh, Leah Lee, uh, she was the creator of, um, Angry, A Asian Angry Little Girls, that comic book. I think you remember that one, that one where, um, it had, like, the, the Asian girl with the red shirt and, and black, um, black, um, skirt. Uh, it's like the Angry Little Girls in Love comic. Uh, she signed the poster. And then I had Ricky Dean Los, uh, Ricky Dean, um, who was in Back to the Future, sign it. He was through to sign that. And then ending off of uh, the ending of uh, San Diego Comic Con, I got to meet Stanley. So the second and the last time meeting Stanley, and Stanley, uh, everything was pre-approved. The poster, where it was going to be signed, and and Mike. Uh, talked to his friends at um, Lightspeed, which is the uh, Star Trek um, photo op where Stanley was taking photos. So um, I got the poster. I brought the poster with um, Mike and myself. Um, and then 
we did like a photo op slash signing in the photo op. Basically, the photos um, that you saw on my in the comic book the movie poster group. Uh, it uh, Mike Mike's in it. Me and so first me and Stanley. Uh, first, he looked at his daughter's own autograph to make sure it's legit. Then he signed the poster. Um, he the last words he said. Uh, do you have more camera on the poster? I said, not yet. He said, you should get it before you can, uh, when you can, because Mark would love this poster. He would absolutely sign it. And um, and then the last thing Stanley said was, thank you for including me on the poster. Um, and then that is like the final meeting, Stanley and photo op signing poster experience there. And then after the same day, I, I decided to go to the um, talk back panel at uh, San Diego Comic-Con in 2017. And there I decided why not close the chapter on that year at the, uh, for the poster and having John Rogers, the president and um, president of San Diego Comic-Con since 1986, um, sign the posters, like signing it off since he signed it and then John was happy to sign it. Um, he, he, he dated it, um, July, July, um, 21st through the 23rd, 2017, like signing off that his con was the filming location of the con. And then, uh, in August 21st of 2017, I finally arranged a meeting with Scott Zacharin and Eric Miederman. He was. They, they were both so impressed of that poster. They gave Eric gave me a a cop a copy of the script that they used for a comic book the movie. Uh, they both signed it. They also gave me um, their other um, Stanley cameos. At, uh, the other films Scott and Eric worked on was um, the Mutant, um, the Marvel Mutant with Stan, uh, Kevin Smith and Stan Lee. Uh, yep. interview. They gave me the um, their uh, Scott's uh, uh, the documentary with uh, Spock and Shatner interview mm -hmm. uh, DVD. They gave me uh, the button for the premiere, uh, like the button for the promotional for the comic book, the movie. And then they gave me the um, uh, promotional t-shirt. From the movie, so basically, I have like the a script that they uh, the outline script they used for the movie. Basically, it gives you like scene by scene interviews, that type of stuff. With like has like information about Stan Lee's interview, um, like the pretty much the whole movie script. Basically, uh, Scott said half of it uh, that was just the outline of the script, but most. 99% of the film was ad-libbed and, and in, in character. That's why you see uh, voice actors as roles and not actors and. And, and um, yeah, and then after that, uh, 2018, uh, the new Stan Lee broke, he passed away, and not only Stan Lee and John Rogers on top of that in the same yeah. year. So that means my poster is extremely rare now because John signed it and Stan signed it. They cannot no longer sign. Oh yeah, after I met John Rogers, 
John gave me a signed business card as well from the meeting. And and then, yeah, that, that, that day was kind of scary because um, knowing me and I, um, funny enough, I actually almost misplaced a poster at Comic-Con San Diego on the final day. And I was determined to find, I was getting a, um, um, a, bu- a bunch of the um, staff at Comic-Con at the sales um, autograph area. Um, I forgot I the poster wrote under the table. So, and then I had to, I found it. Finally, I did find it, and but, but my phone died, and then oh. I got worried, and then the security wouldn't even let me back in in the convention center. I, I told them that's the most important poster in that time. And then the, I found it and then they escorted me out. And then that was the first time of the comic book, the movie, um, misplacement. Second was, okay, so in 2018, did I get anybody? Uh, let me think, did I get anybody in 2018? Let me, nah, 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 nah. Um, do you remember me getting anything in 20, wait. We didn't meet them until then. Okay. So I got... No, um, we talked about this before. I don't recall. I think it jumped to 2019. Yeah, 2019. Okay. So at 2019, back at Phoenix. Okay. 2019. Uh, May 4th of 2019, I met, met um, for the first time. But I've been friends with um, Daniel Logan, young Bobo Fett, uh, since Ooh. 2015. Daniel Logan was appearing at my friend's Star Wars store here in Portland for a, like a, um, a, a fundraiser charity slash um, dinner signing at Star Wars store. So I took, um, I bought like two tickets to meet him for the first time. And then him, my friend Dustin, who owns the Star Wars store, and then they both signed it uh, as one of the autographs. And then I got my... Um, uh, Attack of the Clones book signed by Daniel Logan and the photo I, I had of him with um, Timon Morrison, Jeremy Bullock, and himself. Uh, Tamara signed it uh, for my friend Mike for me, and then Daniel signed it as well. And then since then, uh, me and Danny talked talk almost every day. Uh, and then C. Andrew Nelson signed it, my longtime friend. Uh, sign as well and then after that um i took the poster to um phoenix comic-con again in 2019 i met tom kenny um tom i had a chip now function when when buying the autograph basically i got free autographs from tom kenny no cost um and then i was in line and i showed tom the poster he acknowledged it he said holy cow that is the most autographs I've seen on a poster in my entire life. I better sign this before I die. Right. To the crowd. Uh, about two, I would say about 100 people in line on a Friday. And then I got to meet, and then I took it to um, Derek Mackey. Uh, Derek Mackey is the president and founder of Cool Waters Production. Uh, and uh, Derek Mackey is the agent for Billy D. Williams. Nice. Uh, he signed it, no cost. 
uh, and then I, I took it to GSA, uh, Jim Spencer's authentication, and, and I had um, Chris Jones is the lead authenticator for GSA sign it. He put uh, Chris Jones, JSA. Oh, I forgot. Oh, yeah. St uh, Steve Grad signed the poster. Um, Steve, uh, the, you know who Steve Grad is, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so he signed it. Um, and then Patrick signed it. Um, Steve and Patrick are the, the authenticators for Beckett authentication. And then I took the poster. Oh, yeah. Now jump back to 2019. I went to, um, so after Phoenix, um, so I, at Phoenix Comic Con, I got um, people like, um, which I said, Tom Kenny, um, um, Matt, Derek Mackey, and um, um, the, um, Patrick and JSA. Um, and then after that, on May 25th, uh, on actually 24th, I got uh, Roy Thomas. I'm you know who Roy Thomas is, don't you? No. So Roy Thomas is the writer of the very first Star Wars issue from Marvel in 1977. Oh, cool. So um, him uh, and um, uh, Roy's best friend and agent and manager, um, John... Sino signed as well, uh, and then uh, and then I got like a bunch of like comic artists, and then I've got um, I met How Howard Chicken on this the same day, so actually the next day, and then I got like um, my friend Dick um, um, Dennis Khan, who was the official body dubber for Sean Connery. For all the appearances, all the um, all the um, Sean Sean's like, come do a uh, appearance at Vegas, come do a appearance at a casino, all that. So I I knew Sean. Um, he's a Sean Sean Connery impersonator, basically uh, Conway. He um, basically does everything for Sean commercials to yeah. So he and I have been friends, and then he signed the poster as well. And then after that, I went to and then jumped to May 19th of 2019. I took that poster down to Sandy in the last blockbuster. She said, so what did Sandy say about that poster exactly? Oh, man, she, she told me when I was talking to her about it uh -huh. that it's one of the most impressive things she's ever seen. Yeah, and so she, that... and she was like, "How, how, um, she's like me next to all of these names. Like, this is an honor. I don't belong here. I thought that <laughs> was really." Yeah. So basically, how I arranged that birthday. So back to what we were talking in our first episode. So, do you remember having uh, any birthdays for like uh, your friends? Uh, co-workers or anything at blockbuster when you're at your store or is this is it is my birthday the only blockbuster birthday you know of yours the is the only one i've ever heard of um and i think that's so cool so so is that the history so have i made history in that last blockbuster already or oh yeah yeah so basically so i first first off i caught 
basically how I found out the black, last blockbuster still exists. One day I was calling them to check to see if they're actually. Oh, I was surprised to hear a voice on the other line, and so I called them. I believe in like 2017 for the first time, seeing if it's actually opened, and then I, I realized somebody's on the other line. And I asked you, are you guys open? They said yes, and I was impressed. And then in in 28, and then after that in 2018, I, so, and then, yeah, in back in 20, yeah, 2019, and then I, I, I yeah, and then first I emailed, asked Sandy, um, would it be okay to do a birthday party? Uh, this was in March of 2019. And then I emailed, I emailed Sandy seeing if it was okay to do a birthday party at her store. She said that was totally fine. Uh, just keep me updated. And then, and then, what'd you know? Um, I get there. Um, I bought my basketball, the poster, the baseball, and the um, the a uh, few things to donate for them. Uh, and then I. Yeah, so I gave Sandy a little interview, which I think she told you about, didn't she? Yep. Oh yeah. So and a little ex. Since I think we talked about this in the first first time I was on, basically, Sandy was saying. Um, so she said, in her interview, basically that day ended off with um, she giving me um, the blockbuster. Beer, which I don't drink beer, I just have it for collectors. She gave me that for a birthday gift. She gave me, um, she made a cop, made a special um, thing for episode one. Since yes. my favorite, yeah, she made that for me. And then she did an interview, signed a business card, signed a poster, signed the baseball, and the, signed a basketball. And then, so basically, after. The yeah, basically I gave her some interview, like two part interview. First is about um, uh, the questions I asked. Um, I I asked um, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. But th this was um, these questions were originally for like a college project. The project was uh, send a celebrity um questions on uh, mastering and um about music albums. So I decided why not send a Jeff Foxworthy some questions and some things to be signed. So Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy uh, sent me a written uh, letter answering some of the questions. It says, um, Dear Shamim, I will try to answer some your questions. So I, I asked him about how many autographs the question you get a day. He says... I probably get about 25 autograph requests a day. Um, his first autograph was in 1985, the year Blockbuster was founded. <laughs> and then uh, he said, the weirdest thing i ever been asked to sign is a, probably a toilet seat. Ha! Yeah, and then he said, uh, for question four, I never mind signing for fans. He said, if I could meet anyone, it would probably be Denzel Washington. Um, he, I asked him what was his proudest moment um, in his life. He said, "My proud, proudest moment is how my child turned, my children turned out." 
And lastly, yeah. um, about my um, uh, mastering albums, he said, as, as far as mastering all my comedy albums was recorded live, so I never edit um, or mastered any of them. Hope this helps. Take care, Jeff Foxworthy. Um, this was this wasn't co- this was in college for like an assignment. I got an A for it. Basically, I reached out to Jeff Foxworthy and he sent me something back and showed my professor. She was impressed. And then we jump back to Sandy. Her interview basically says, "Asked her the same um, same thing as I asked Jeff Foxworthy. I asked her how many." Um, how many like autographs do you get a day? She said, maybe one a week. We don't get as many a day anymore, like um, for her autograph request. And then second question, she said, uh, uh, I asked her when did you go pick up the first blockbuster in America? She said July of 2018. We when we became the last last one in America. Do you remember that one when that came out? They were the last one in America when the Alaska stores closed. And so that, that was, was so that early, so early, late 2018, early 2019. Is that correct? Yeah, so she wrote July of 2018. Yep. And then she said we be uh we became we became the last one in America. Is my first autograph request from a man from New York. So basically, a man from New York um, sent Sandy an autograph request. She sent something back signed. That was her first autograph request. So nice. I I asked her when did she um, when when did you start working for Blockbuster? She she said I started on August second, two thousand four, as a store manager. I moved to the store on May two thousand five as the general manager. I was thirty three at the time. Yeah, then I asked her the same thing as Jeff Foxworthy, which was, um, what, do you mind signing for, signing autographs? She says, no, I don't mind at all. And then she she said, my favorite movie, I asked her what her favorite movie was. She said, my favorite movie is Mr. Brooks. Yes, and it is. She, and then she said, um, she said, I, I asked the same question, who would you want to meet and why? She said, I would love to meet Quentin Tarantino. From Pope Fiction is her favorite movie. I said, lastly, what is your favorite part of my, her job? She said, my favorite part of the job is the customers and getting to meet interesting people. Then she signed it and dated it my birthday. And then the other one I was talking about, about, um, about the Cap- Captain Marvel movie and how did that bring interest to the store? She said, Yes, the when that Captain Marvel movie dropped, um, she said they got a lot of bring a lot of a lot of interest to the store. Right about that? Oh yeah. A lot of people were convinced it was filmed at her store. <laughs> she had to remind them it was a set. Yeah. So um she said um she I I saw how many customers are uh come in a day. She said we have about a hundred customers on average a day. Then, then I asked her when did she notice the decline when Blockbuster was declining. I think you went. So did you see the declining at the same time Sandy did? Pretty much, uh, she said. Uh, 
she said she said uh, it started about 2010. Yeah, that was definitely that was definitely it. You you could you could see it coming. I mean, when you were in a bigger store, you know, I know that like, you know, we were in you know the the city area type stores, so we around 2008 started seeing the customer base decrease, but 2010 was. No, so yes, so pretty much for the so so at what moment did you realize okay, game's over, time to find a new job type thing? Because um so my girlfriend Christy, she worked at Toys R Us for the final Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, for the final um she started August of twenty seventeen till about December fifth, twenty seventeen. So she got to work at Toys R Us for the last, you would say, how many months? Five, wait, August, September, October, November. Last five months of Toys R Us's history. She, so she, she told me that um, about 2017, um, my friend, which is her manager back, which I, <laughs> Funny enough, I interviewed for Toys R Us in 2013, 2015, but I didn't get the job. But I did meet um, Christy's for my girlfriend's former boss, um, Gilbert, for the interview. So basically, I I got to actually for the yeah. So Christy w- worked at the San Jose location, Blossom Hill. It was a really cool Toys R Us. Basically, their toy. Our Toys R Us in San Jose, California, had like the tires all the outside. It looks like yeah. a old school Toys R Us with like rainbow tires, the entrance and the exit, same way like the like the one you guys had. I think I think guys guys had like the older tire Toys R Us is when you guys had some. We right? did, we did the Revere the Revere Mass Toys R Us until the day it closed was the old one. Um, yeah, that, so that closed yeah. in the late late nineties, and then the one at the North Shore Mall in Peabody, probably in like two thousand five, got renovated away from that. But yeah, we I loved those old Rainbow Tire. Yeah, ones. so yeah, so basically I got so Gilbert. Um, yes, yeah, so the final days of Toys R Us. So me and Christy went to Toys R Us for the last time. On April of 2018, and then me and my family went to Toys R Us for the last time on June 27th, 2018, to see what they got. So we went to Gilbert's, the the store that Gilbert worked at and Christy worked at. Gilbert was kind enough to actually let me say goodbye to the store and take a picture with that Jeffrey, uh, uh, like. Welcome to Toys R Us, like Standy. They have the green one. Yep. And and he gave me uh, um the one of the Jeffrey white Jeffrey um the white Jeffrey um what you call it like that has Jeffrey on on the front. And then they have so you got one of the letters too, right? Oh yeah, and I yeah. So actually, my whole. Blockbuster um, uh, collection started on like April of 2019. Actually, uh, when I started collect 
No, actually, my first blockbuster um, collecting um, thing was in um, the what was my copy of Home Alone: Taking Back the House, which we paid for back in two thousand three. That was the first blockbuster mobility that I had. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I started with um, find some really good deals on eBay. Basically, I f- picked up a few of those balloons. I gave Sandy a few. She gave me her um, Pacific Video balloon, and then um, and then I picked up um, the Blockbuster catalogs, the old video yes. catalogs. So, do you remember seeing any? Do you any any kind of? Um, so, what was the oldest store in Boston that you remember of? Oh man, um, so, jeez. I think the the oldest store near me was the Wakefield, Massachusetts store. And I think that was 88 or 89. Okay, so would you have seen the the one that I showed you with the the red cover? Would that be the first um, video catalog you saw at the store pretty much for that one? I had had seen those before, but I think it was in like... um, like photos, um, because I I would have only been like five or six years old. Yeah. So um, so which one did you see more? The one with all the movie covers, the one from nineteen ninety two. Yeah, one, uh... those were the first ones I really remember seeing in person. So so did did so these were sold in stores or was that just something that the co- company like put in stores for those? I think they put it. I think it was just like a. I don't remember them being for sale. I think they were just like advertisement pamphlets. Um, yeah. So out of my whole blockbuster collection, what would you say besides uh, what would be the rarest, like unique blockbuster item that you've seen so far in that collection of mine? Would it be that that baseball we talked about, the one with the blockbuster logo, or the one, or the uh, or the Wayne, who that um, Gail uh, D. George signed book, or the um, uh, Summer Rhinestone signed book, or the um, so which of the blockbuster um, uh, item that you've seen that you would say that would impress um, your your former manager Scott? What would you say would be the one thing that? He would say, "Wow!" Oh, there's gonna be that baseball. Scott, so, Scott, Scott's a sports nut, and that that baseball so, is so cool. So how? Yeah. So after I, yeah. So basically, I did. I bought it for only. It's funny. I bought it only for like about mm, six, forty bucks for that baseball. I because, yeah. So once I bought the baseball, like I bought that like September of two thousand nineteen. I I sent an email to uh, Tom Hawkins, who was the Blockbuster secretary uh, from 1988 to about 1980, wait, till like 1994. Yep. So he, yeah, I, I showed you the conversation what he had with me. So from what he says... Would you say all of them were signed and not 
none of them were unsigned or what is there unsigned of those baseballs out there because I, I, I've been looking since I've been talking to you. I couldn't find one unsigned of that same baseball. Not sure why is this. How do, how do you think that blockbuster baseball was actually? I think it must have been either. Was it in Florida most likely or was it in the Florida headquarters or would it be something to the Maryland's type? Um, so what? Um, so basically what Tom said was. It was basically when they bought the uh, Republic Pictures from Russell Goldsmith. Um, do you think that ba- how rare in your mind would that for would Scott know that question for that baseball? You think or no? No, probably not, because he he wasn't that high up in the company. You know, he was just a store manager. But you know, it's just such a cool thing to have because it commemorates a very specific. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so also that baseball has um, the author of all those blockbuster books, you know, like the ones that you've seen, like um, Blockbuster Entertainment, um, Top Picks of 1997. Yeah. Yeah, so on that baseball is Ron Cartel, which um, Mm -hmm. was the author of all those books on that baseball. I, I don't know if you remember Ron at all with Blockbuster. I never met him, but I know the name. Yeah, so basically that... Wh- who on that baseball would be the most unique autograph that you've seen on it? Basically, the ones that we have known that signed it, like Steve or Wayne or uh, Ron or... Um, Tom Hawkins, who, who would you think is the most unique thing you see on that baseball that I have? I think what makes it unique is having them all together. I mean, ha- having an autograph of, of Wayne Huizenga is like, you know, that's like Blockbuster's guy number one, right? So Yeah, so basically I was thinking, I think I talked to you about this before. I don't know. I bet I know the one autograph that is impossible to get from Blockbuster now is Dave Cook. I don't yeah. know if he's if he's around anymore, if he's still living, if he's um he, so okay, thinking about Blockbuster history, so was he the guy who created Blockbuster or was it Wayne? That's the thing. Right, I don't know. So people say it was Wayne. And people say it was Cook. But in reality, who do you think it was? Was it Cook or was it Wayne? Basically, from what I know is um, Wayne took over when Blockbuster won the video game rights to sell video games in 1987. He was um, founder from 87 till... When did Wayne quit? Do you remember it all? Was it like... In 94, would you say? Yeah, it was in the early 90s. Okay, so so would you say Wayne is the... So if out of everyone in that blockbuster group, who would you might think knows David? Oh, God. What that... um? Do you think if, if some way I... 
do you think Dave would want to sign something related to Blockbuster if you were? So did he do anything important for Blockbuster or he just started it? No. Basically, the whole Blockbuster thing, who... The, it's Wayne's idea, who is it? Dave's idea. I know Dave did, basically, from reading the history of Blockbuster, it's, it said, like, Dave Cook was, like, like the, um, like the, so, t- tell me what you remember from, your, so, you got hired about when for Blockbuster, like, 2000. So, that would be under John's um, CEO, right? Antiaco. Oh, you. So, do, would it be easier to get Artiago or David Cook out of those two? I think it would be easier to get John Antiaco's signature. Um, but it all depends on uh, how much he uh, is still willing to talk about Blockbuster. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. Basically, he was the, he was mainly responsible for the whole downfall. You think? I mean, he was definitely he, he left in two thousand seven, so you know yeah. he, he definitely he definitely was in charge when the company was teetering towards the badness. But yeah, and then Jim um, Keyes stepped in. Right? Jim Keyes stepped in, but it, it was really the you know. When Blockbuster was no longer, um, when Viacom was no longer interested in Blockbuster, that's when it really. Uh... So my question is, um, would, um, who would have been the uh, person who did the whole deal with Blockbuster and uh, with Dish? Do you know who might that must have been? Because. So now that the must have been Jim Keys. That must have been when Jim Keys was there. No, no, no. I mean for the um, Dish buys Blockbuster in 2011. So, no, no. I mean, there has to be a guy who made the purchase of Blockbuster. For Dish. Oh, from Dish. Yeah, I, I don't know who that would be. Yeah, so I was thinking, um, so since our... Do you think some of Rhinestone is an important history figure for Blockbuster, which he did do Viacom from which owned Blockbuster from ninety? I'd say Sumner Redstone is one of the most important people in the history of Blockbuster because they would not have been the juggernaut they were in the late. So, 90s. Um, so the Viacom that um, Summer Rhinestone had, what is it? The I know there's two Viacoms. Which yep. Viacom did he found it? Both of them, or just the one that bought Blockbuster? I know. Oh, goodness. I I know because I saw um, some of Rhinestone. Um, some of yeah, I saw um, that says uh, some of Rhinestone. Oh my God, some of Rhinestone passed away. Wow. Yes, he uh, did. My books are out now too. Oh my god! <laughs> so, yeah, dude, these, these people are all dinosaurs at this point. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So back to what I was doing. Oh yeah, Viacom. Okay, so Viacom. Um, it looks like. Um, so which Viacom most likely is there's like Viacom, CBS. There's the Viacom. Do you think was it the? 
I'm trying to figure out is yeah. So when I click on Viacom, um, it was Viacom CBS, which was Viacom International. So that's the one who bought. No, it wasn't. Wait, which one bought Blockbuster? Was it this Viacom? It was this one because they owned MTV and Nickelodeon and HBO and Cinemax. Um. Wait, so I saw, um, wait, for Blockbuster, I saw, um, oh, okay, I saw, um, I got, yeah, I got kind of confused when I was reading it about the, so I've studied the background of Blockbuster, which I saw, um, that, um, the Viacom from 1994 to, what was it, 2000 and, I saw the yeah yeah Viacom from ninety four to two thousand four. When I click on Viacom, it shows up as Viacom Inc. Which yep. um, so that's the same as Viacom CBS. Yes. But then why, when I see the founder is Ralph Branch and not Summer Rhinestone, is that a different Viacom then? No, so Sumner didn't found it. He took it over as a hostile takeover. Okay, so okay, so when I look at Viacom, it says founder Summer Rhinestone on this one. It's weird because, yeah, so, so basically, so it must have so been- the crazy. The crazy thing is, he was a founding um, investor in Viacom. So uh-huh. he had been a founding investor in Viacom starting in 1971, but okay. didn't. But what he basically did was he wagered his stocks in 1980 yeah. to take over the company. So for so when Summers stepped in to buy Block, so did he buy Blockbuster, or was it somebody else at Viacom? I believe that was his doing. Okay, so. About pictures. Oh yeah. So for the Republic Pictures, what was Republic Pic? I saw on the baseball Republic Pictures. Is that? Have you heard of that film company at all? Yes, I have. Um, so is it a well-known company or is it a um, a unknown company? Because I know on the baseball I have um, uh, I have um. Russell Goldsmith. Basically, this baseball, I believe, from what Tom said, is the signing off. It's a funny way on this baseball. It says um, it's like a signing off a company to another company on a baseball. It seems like it look because it has like um, the stamp of Republic Pictures um, and has a logo of Blockbuster. Would you say this baseball would have been sold at um, the Marlins Stadium, you think? Or at the Blockbuster Entertainment um, Game and Golf Complex, you think? I'm not sure. I wonder if it was something they just had created for the moment. So, Do you know what I- Yeah, so basically this baseball, would you say, is like something uh, that um, they printed just for this signing or it could be so Re- republic pictures uh-huh 
sounds like was Republic Entertainment and Video Distribution Company. Um, it was it was around earlier, much earlier, but then it uh, um, it became really big in the early '90s because they won a legal decision to reactivate the copyright copyright of Frank Frank Capra's "It's a Wonderful Life." So oh, they got yeah. a- by taking that movie out of the public domain and back into copyright and um, spelling entertainment. Oh yeah, uh, which was controlled by and Paramount and Sumner Redstone bought Republic and then um, consolidated its distribution and consumed it into Paramount. That's really interesting. Oh yeah, so pretty much, okay, so it says, okay, so on Blockbuster Wiki, it says in 1999, uh, invested in Viacom, and then it says, uh, where is it? Okay, so it, where was that about Republic Pictures? I Okay, so it said um, on November 23rd, 1993, okay, October 19, 1992, it says Blockbuster acquired Sound Warehouse Music Publish Retail Chain, create Blockbuster Music on October 1993. Blockbuster took control interest in Spelling Entertainment Group. And then it says um, Blockbuster purchased the Super Club Retail Entertainment. And then on November of 2000, November 22nd, 1993, it says in the stocks. And then after that, it says um, it also owned 35% of a public pictures that company merged with Spelling in 1994. So you would say this baseball would have and then it says in nine, uh, it says um, Wayne Huzenia was considering buying the cable company territory for Blockbuster, and he did not take the risk. And then he also had an idea about the uh, twenty-five acre Blockbuster Sports and uh, amusement park in Florida. Basically, it says. Um, and then pulling out, and then Viacom acquired. So basically, would you say this baseball was signed before or after Viacom? Oof. Well, I mean, if Huzenga was involved, I would say it's before or just at the transfer. Okay, so from it's, it uh, talks about, um, it's funny, um, Wayne Huzenga um, borrowed from Ray Crocs. Um, Business model of expanding yep. blockbuster, if, and then so basically Cook left in '86. So Wayne is mainly the founder of Blockbuster, from what Wiki says. So basically, from so Adam, I so I do have a autograph from Ray, um, um, Ray Ray Kroc in a uh, in the. So basically, what you say? So what out of the whole experience of working at Blockbuster? What bit of that history of Blockbuster would you say is interesting to you? Made you want to work at Blockbuster? Is it just because of the Paramount deal? Was it the the whole the whole thing I was telling you about um, about the business model from Ray Kroc? Or what would you say is the uh, what made your interest in Blockbuster working there for your mindset? 
Is it because your brother, or was it because of the love for movies? Basically, you, is it the love of yeah. movies exactly? It was. It was a love for movies and, and an enjoyment of hanging out at, yeah. at video stores. You know, I grew up with video stores that weren't Blockbuster. You know, we had yeah. Blockbuster when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. But the, the the want to work there was you know it was uh, you know it was a higher paying job than the other video stores. Yeah. And, and I yeah, really like so, that work there. Yeah. So, so do you think? Yeah. So basically, what would you say? Oh yeah. So basically, you would say out of my collection is that baseball. Um, yeah, I think the the first baseball or the second baseball, the single sign Wayne or the the. The Dio baseball, would you say it's a unique I think, one? I think they're both equally unique. I mean, a lot of times a single autograph can carry more weight than an autograph with a lot of people, especially if some of those people are less important. But I think they both um, they both mean a lot. I mean, having yes. a block baseball signed by Wayne Huizenga is like the like very you know like the like first. The blockbuster paraphernalia right it's like it's the guy you know but then that so, ball such a unique thing that i think i like them both so the ball the would you say the ball that i have is like a holy gray or a blockbuster or would you say it's like so if you were a blockbuster collector like i am what was your what were your, your top uh blockbuster um mobilia that you would have in your collection besides your gumball machine basically so so let, let, let's say your switch rows if i were you and you and me yeah. how would you start your blockbuster collection knowing um wayne oh. is gone um uh summer's gone um what you have started the way i did was getting the baseball then Wayne's baseball, the uh, Summer's book, and then uh, and then the, the the like the pamphlet from the membership application, or how how would you start your blockbuster um, collection off? Same way I did. Yeah, no, you you've done a great job. I I like. Um physical stuff too like i i would love to find like a new release wall um light up sign you know and like a blockbuster store sign and yeah, um, yeah, maybe yeah. So, a, maybe yeah, a drop so, dropbox um you know a uh, slot um so would you say would you um have gotten an old membership application form from october of eight, 1989 would that be considered That's a so cool? So, so how what you say was this the first application form that they must have had at that time period, or was it like so? Since Blockbuster opened when you in '85, and you said so, would that um, how rare is that application form from that date time period? Would you say is it like the when did you realize? Okay, when you went to Blockbuster, the membership application form, was it, is 89 the ending? Okay, let's think about it as, so Jordan played baseball, um, basketball in 85, 89, 87, and the 90s. 
So would you say this application form in October 89, would that been like the 85, 86, 87, third year of Blockbuster, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I... I don't think you're going to find much older of an application at this point. So what would you say that application was that um, their first membership application or was that they were like there? Yeah. And then I have that. Do you remember that um, membership information um, pamphlet? And yep. that says 89 on the back as well. Would you say, would that be the start of the membership card? Or was that? Right, that has to be part of the early rollout because when they were er, when they were first starting, you'd imagine that was probably just something that was done right in store, you know, not. No, no, I mean, so what you say was is is there an application form that says October eighty five or when did you think they started the the membership card? Was it eighty five or would it been that time? Stamp eighty nine. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say yours is either the very first or one of the first. Or could, yeah. So I talked to Thomas E. Um, he's a part of the Blockbuster group. He does have the first um, um, video catalog from eighty five. Um, and he he started Blockbuster in eighty eight. So, so yeah. So pretty much, um, yeah, yeah. So you would say you you would have gone my route too, which the application form isn't. Yeah, yeah. So I I got two. One, one like little beat up one to give to Sandy for her archive museum, and then kept the really nice one for the collection. Would you say that um, application form is like one of the staples of that little museum you say for that exactly and and then and then i gave her the little mini basketball do you think was that an in-store thing when, when did you see that little mini basketball at blockbuster was it like um before you got yeah that, like, that predates that predates me but it looks like something that would have been like a giveaway you know so, like so would that been at do you yeah, so for that lit, um, I'm I'm thinking it must have been like at that blockbuster um, golf um, gaming place, I believe. You think most likely, like uh, it says from it says Wayne Huzenya, um like did um, a. It says it has. Um, uh, it says he opened up a blockbuster. Um, Gaming, um, golf, um, amusement, um, like game golf, like like um, like the Grand Prix stuff. Yeah. Do Do you think it was something like from there? Most likely, like um, I know they had. Have you ever been to like one of those blockbuster entertainment gaming? Uh, places or do they all shut down before you got there all shut down mm. yeah so do you think most likely that um the the basketball must have been from there and the baseball or were that the baseball was only for that little that deal and then that was it 
you think? I think the baseball was probably only for that deal or like something that they maybe just gave to like the people that worked for that stadium, you know? Yeah, well, for the blockbuster, yeah, for Wayne, I think he bought, yeah, I think he went into the Marlins, I believe it was in 1990. Yeah, Wayne says, yeah, it owned the Marlins and um, he took interest in um, about the 90. 97 time wait yeah 97 season it took over so what'd you say uh yeah so wayne says uh he he bought the um the league in 1996 so the baseball must have been predated the marlins then right so that would have been, um, yeah. So it's funny. Wayne, was, the Marlins was the year I was born. It's funny. Is that interesting? Yeah, it's yeah, all coincidences, so, man. Yeah. So I found. Yeah. So I was also on eBay looking at um, a, a blockbuster. Um, <laughs> I, it's funny. I have a bet. Be, um, baseball mitt that has a blockbuster uh, seam uh, logoed blue glove that um, that has the logo on a blockbuster logo on that. It's yeah, and the blockbuster Marlins um, kids um, T-shirt that has like a blockbuster logo. It says '93 on the back. It's and it's, it's basically it's very interesting. The Marlins. Now we got a baseball t- team that is the same year as I was born. It's funny. So, how good were the Mullins in '93, if you remember at all, for the baseball wise? Um, I think that was when they were like kind of in transit. Transit. So basically, like, like, you know, they were they they were starting to get a name for themselves, but they were new. Yeah. So basically, the baseball team is. Um, almost 28 years old, and and Jurassic Park this year is the 20th, the 28th anniversary. If I'm doing the math correctly, for my birthday. Yep. Wow. Yeah. So pretty much um for that. Yeah. Lastly, let's talk about that blockbuster documentary. Okay. So I, let's start. Yeah. Well, I wanted to get to that because I have to get back to okay. work soon. I want to okay, hear which. Yeah. Okay, so first off, let's start with you. When did you um, start doing, like, the hearing about the project and then getting Tyler on board for your talk buster? Was it after you started? So I I found out about the project, like, right after their Kickstarter stopped running. So this was early 2018. Maybe. So be yeah. So before you you started the the podcast, right? Right around the time I started the podcast, yeah. So uh, about June, I think you have it. Uh, this says June. The first in first interview says June eleventh of two thousand eighteen. So right around there, or before. Yeah. That? Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so probably around. Yes, and it it was wild. It was wild because I had talked to Sandy, um, on Twitter. Her uh-huh. her store her store's account reached out to me because they uh-huh. saw me posting about the shows and said, "Oh, you should talk to our store manager," and gave me her email address. Okay, and, so was that doing? Um, so was it right before Only in America, or was it? Yes, it was literally right before they became the last in America. So between between me talking to her the first time and then having her on my show, they went from being the first last in America to being the last in the world. It happened very. So pretty much for, yeah. So yeah, the thing is, yeah, you you did the. Like two, three interviews with Sandy. One with Taylor. One with Zeke. One with. Um, so pretty much. Um, all right, your first viewing. What would you? What did you think? You know, like pop it in. One thing I enjoyed was um, how they, who created the, like the menus. Was it Sandy or was it Tyler or was it Zeke? For like the it, was menu. T- it was Taylor and Zeke, I believe. Okay, so Tyler and Zeke. Um, Tyler and Zeke. Yeah, so when you first popped it in, what did you think? Pretty, the, what is it equivalent to the comic book, the movie quality of a documentary? Or yes, I, I believe it is. I So I actually got to see the movie... Um, Taylor let me see a screener of it so Ooh. I could do you. So I, wow. I actually saw it before it was before I saw it on DVD. And um right. it, even even just seeing it in its own form when the thing started up, I I my eyes filled up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it Same. was it was like revisiting an old friend, and I I was yeah. just completely floored by it. Yeah, um so yeah, same, yeah. So I I talked to, um, have you had Dan uh, Montgomery on yet or no? No, I need to. Yeah, yeah. So he helped arrange my poster. Uh, that poster got signed by um, uh, the, the, the staff, uh, Ken, Ken, Ken uh, Sandy, um, Josh, um, Sandy, Josh, um, Ryan, Ken, Sandy, Ela, Santana, Taylor, um, Cece, and Dan. Everybody actually took the time out and then signed a mini poster of the movie and the documentary for my blockbuster collection. And that, so would you say having Ken, Ken's autograph on? This poster and the DVD is is he the remaining important person to the history of blockbuster? Would you say? Yeah, I would say. I mean, you know, obviously having Sandy stickers is amazing. The last so, manager okay. of blockbuster. Okay, but, so let, let's say if you right, let's say let's Ken say, is like. Um, go let's ahead. Say, let's say if uh, and not pray happens. All right, let's say. Something happens and Dish doesn't renew their contract. Let's say they started the final days of the closing of that store. 
would you say any of the autographs I've gotten during my birthday or the time Dan got everybody to sign the poster and the DVD, who would you be the most important person out of that store's history would make a un for like future collectors? Would it be Sandy, was it Dan or Ken? Ken. Or Tyler or no Ken. Ken is Ken is the most important autograph out of the group, especially since, according to Sandy, he doesn't sign that often. So that's yeah, yeah. So Ken has, yeah, yeah. So that would be the. So that means maybe I should get Ken on a baseball. You would say, the next yeah. Ken, Ken is like the bookend, right? Ken and Sandy bookend your your Wayne signature, right? Wayne starts it, and they're they're gonna see it out the door, you know. So, do you think I should? The question is, okay. Now, in baseball history terms, um, what um commissioner would be the best baseball that that dates the last blockbusters, last one in America, and the ending of the blockbuster? Some for any reason ends. Would it be the new commissioner of baseball, or would it be Bud Sealing's time time span? What you oh, say? Both. If you could get them both, that'd be awesome. So, um, so should I do like? So my next thing when I go down to Blockbuster is take one baseball from 2015 and one baseball from 2010, like 92 to 2010, and have them all sign each of the baseballs. And then, would that be the final collection? Ending of the blockbuster collection, would you say? And then add, Ken, do you think would that be the ending to that collection? You say, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Another thing that I think would be awesome to get, uh-huh. um, if I was, you know, as as uh, as um, big of a collector as you, I would find an old blockbuster VHS cassette, like with the slip of like you know your favorite movie or whatever. And but in you know the the block with the blockbuster you know logo and everything and have them sign it because so I think- what what is funny enough I actually found at um at um Bayou Village a few days ago I found a uh, Yu Gi Oh Attack from the Deep Volume Three blockbuster um oh like the oh case and everything from um it's funny from the state I'm living in now, but it's the um, it's the M- Milwaukee blockbuster, um, and this was dated November, uh, December third of two thousand two. Would that date your time at Blockbuster? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so what were you doing that? Were you at Blockbuster that that December? You think most likely? Absolutely, I was there. I was there from 2001, and then um, I was there from 2001 until about 2005, and then I left for a couple of years and then went back in 2006 to 2007 and 2008. So do you think, um, who do you see often from your team? Oh, God. Um, Well, I I talk to Scott about once a week. Um, Okay. Um Okay. so do you think before before the pandemic I played Dungeons and Dragons oh. the week with Steve Brennan 
Um, I talk to Paul, one of, one of my managers, all the okay, time. So, do you think would it be possible uh, if you could arrange somehow your store could like sign a baseball for my collection? Do you think would it be possible? Yeah. No, if you if you sent me one, I could make that happen. So, how many you think you could get on that baseball? I could get me, Scott, Michelle. So- so Steve, how, how many Paul, were on your team? I that's on my My brother. Um, who else? Who else is still close by? You'll probably get Melissa. So, so I, how, how many um, was on your team when you were working there? Um, pro- there were about like 12, 12 of us. They so out out of the twelve, you know about you still know about you would say half of them. I'd say I could probably get about nine or ten. The, there's only a couple of them that just moved to California, so I, that that would be the hard ones to get. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so who like like at your time? Do you do you know the person who like um, like. Like, you know, um, how Sandy runs the last one and Ken, Ken owns that blockbuster. Who owned your blockbuster when you were working there? Was it, was it Scott or was it, who would have been, you think? Well, the buildings were, you know, we leased the buildings, but, um. No, no, no. So, no, I mean, when your store opened and you started working there. To the last days of your walking there, the man would have been the person the in team. Sandy. Person in yeah. Sandy was Scott, and then Scott, Michelle, and, and then Michelle. Michelle. Um, so the, who would? Yeah, so who would be the key? Like Ken's first, Sandy, Ryan, and then Dan. Who would be in your terms? So Ken would have been. Uh, Dave or Michelle Johnson, they were the district managers. I don't okay. know how to contact them anymore. Um, so out of the three, who might have a business card that you name? He'd be the most apt to have one. Oh yeah, time for the closing. Uh, the reason why the reason why I actually created the group was knowing you don't have one yet, and to have all the people who were past guests be in the group so it'd be easier for you to um, uh, like reach out to them for another interview. Yep. Like it'll be all all in one. So, and awesome. then, all thank you, Chris, for your time. And I appreciate this again. Can't wait and to be on you. once more. Thank you for being a great friend. And you thank too, you man. Always. for helping me make it a talk buster night day or whenever anybody's listening. And she meet you soon, buddy. All right. All right. Bye bye. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Stay safe. You too.